You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. It's fair to say that no one has been untouched by the coronavirus pandemic, but a new book is looking at how it has particularly impacted women. Work, Love, Body is a book edited by Helen McCabe and Jamila Rizvi. Jamila is the Chief Creative Officer of Nine's Future Women. Hi, Jamila. How are you? Oh, hi, Siobhan. It's lovely to be back. Now, are you particularly qualified for this role because you live in Melbourne, the city of more lockdowns than (laughs) anywhere in the world? Yeah, look, I do think it gives me just a little bit of extra cred. And in fact, there are three (laughs) authors who worked on this book and two of them are Victorian based. So we do have a little bit of superiority over our uh, Sydney and Adelaide contributors. Yes, so you definitely uh, have the experience. So how are you going? How are you and your family going? Look, I'm going to say what all my friends are saying to me, right, which is we're all right. We've got work, my husband and I. We have got a safe home and we've got a roof over our heads. We don't have to leave this house to go to work. Neither of us are essential workers. And I think that puts us amongst some of the most privileged people in the city I live in. Mm. But at the same time, as much as that is true, what is also true is that it is really hard. You know, we're we're creeping up on 250 days of lockdown here in Melbourne and we are tired and we're sick of each other's company and we want to go outside and our mental health is shaky. Homeschooling is awful <laughs> and, and we are doing it rough. And, and one of the things I've been trying to do in, in doing some of the PR for this book is just give people permission to say that it's really hard. It is. I I read an article by Holly Wainwright just saying, it's okay, it's hard. And I think I just cried. I don't even know why. I was feeling fine. And I read that sort of that permission to feel is so important, regardless of what your situation is. You do compare lockdown to being like the period of pregnancy. And you use the word in the book, you use the word liminal, which I think is so appropriate for this strange time we're living in. Can you talk me through what that means for those who haven't heard of it? Yeah, so liminal time is this concept uh, that basically means the space between. So when you haven't, when you've left somewhere, but you haven't arrived at the place that you're going to. And most of us go through periods of liminal time in our lives and certainly I think pregnancy for a lot of women is that first reference of that that period where you know I'm on the path to becoming a mother but I'm not one yet so so what what am I and Mm. it was first uh, defined by a theologian you know hundreds of years ago as this sense of, of in between this period of transition and you know I remember those weeks after my high school exams were finished in year 12 but I didn't have a mark yet. So I didn't know Mm -hmm. where I was going, but I knew I'd finished where I'd been. And it's such a strange feeling. I think sometimes you occupy that space with joy and sometimes you occupy that space with fear. But what absolutely defines it is uncertainty and this sense of lost equilibrium. And what we've tried to do in this new book from Future Women is, is capture what liminal time is like and also how differently women across Australia have experienced this liminal time that all the many lockdowns have brought. 
And it's very true that everyone has had such a unique experience. And this is about women. It's not just about mothers, but you do include in the book how mothers have been particularly impacted by the pandemic. Can you tell me what it is you found in terms of how mothers in the home have felt this lockdown? One of the lovely things about this book is, as well as bringing together data and analysis to reflect on the historic moment that we've all been living through, we also just talked to a bunch of women and a whole lot of them were mothers. And our authors spent hours and hours speaking to women all over the country who'd had very different experiences, as you say. For mothers, what has characterised what they've had to say is that their partners, particularly in heterosexual relationships, are doing more. They're doing more unpaid housework. They're doing more unpaid childcare. That's a great thing. Mm. But the mums are doing way more. (laughs) So (laughs) the actual proportions of how unpaid work is split within the home, it's actually getting worse during the pandemic. It's not getting better. On average, we know that a lot of blokes are kind of tucking themselves away in the study to get their very important work done and a lot of mums are being left to do the majority of the homeschooling and to do perhaps more of the cleaning than they might otherwise have done when they were able to have support if they were able to afford that. Those who previously had childcare to rely on don't have that to support them. And we all know that if you've got a three or four-year-old they're not just going to chill, you know? They're not just going to give you a bit of space to get your work done, especially if they've dropped the dreaded nap, right? Yeah. So the book is also about reimagining the world that we could create coming out of the pandemic. What kind of world do you think it could be? I think it could be a more equal world. Um, Something we know from looking back on cataclysmic times in history, like the one that we are living right now, if we look at World War I or World War II, if we look at the Great Depression, if we look at previous pandemics, if we look at the period of the Spanish flu, as nations emerged from those times, they went into a period of renewal and reform because it was a chance to examine how a society and an economy worked and a chance to say, How do we want to do things differently? And usually governments are spending big sums of money as we emerge from from economic downturns. And so as a result, where you spend that money starts to shape what a future might look like. And for me, there are a few key areas that come up in the book. The first one is that what we saw with the coronavirus supplement was that more than 600,000 Australians were lifted out of poverty temporarily. Glyn Davis, who's the CEO of the Paul Ramsey Foundation, he told us that if you were amongst the poorest of Australians, it's possible that 2020 was your best year ever. Oh, wow. And in Work, Love, Body, we meet a single mum called Julie, who's got two small kids, and she talks about how guilty she feels that life for her was good in 2020 because for the first time she could pay her rent she was paying her bills ahead of time which meant she could like access the savings that come if you pay them early she said her pantry was full for the first time in years she wasn't worrying about how she was going to feed the kids in the couple of days before payday anymore and so I think what that's taught us is what we're capable of when we really want to when we put our minds to it what we could do for some of the poorest Australians many of whom are women many of whom are mothers One of the other things we've learned is, I think, the realities of men's violence. We knew it was bad. Now we know the truth of it. We know 
that there were a huge number of women who, like you and me, over the last 18 months were told to stay home, to stay safe. But we know that there are a huge number of people for whom staying home was not a safe thing to do, and yet they had no other choice. And I think as we emerge from this pandemic, we have to ask some questions about the funding and the legal reform and the supports and the services that we are putting in place to help women who are victims of family violence. And Jamila, did we see that domestic violence went up significantly during lockdown? Yeah, there was a survey of around 15,000 women sort of around May, June of last year. So it was quite early in the pandemic. But of those 15,000, around 4.5% had experienced physical or sexual violence in the three months prior. And critically, of those, two-thirds said that the violence either began or escalated significantly during the pandemic. Wow. Okay, so that's um, not great, but possibly something that can be changed as we move forward. I think maybe there's one more thing that you wanted to mention. Yeah, there was. Um, And that's around loneliness. Uh, Loneliness was already a public health crisis in Australia. The pandemic's made it worse. We live in the most technologically connected age in the history of civilization, And yet loneliness has doubled since the 1980s to now. And it's been hugely exacerbated by the pandemic. And loneliness might sound like a sort of a simple, small thing, right? But loneliness comes with a greater risk of depression, of anxiety, of dementia, of suicide. And so as we emerge from this and being with one another once again is more achievable, I think we've got to throw ourselves into community, right? We've got to give community our all. We've got to recognise that while we've all had different experiences of this pandemic, we've all lived through it. That is something that now binds together everyone who lives in this country right now. And that is a chance for more togetherness, I think a little more kindness. And if you haven't already during this period gone and knocked on the door of the neighbour who you don't see out in the street very often, this is your prompt. Go and do that. So do you think there will be the political will to follow through on these things? I mean, we know we're all desperate to get out and back to something that we could call as normal, um, which will probably never be the same as what it was before. But will people keep these lessons close to their heart? Do you think will they force their government to make change? Or will people just simply slip back into those comfortable old slippers and the way things were? You know, only time's going to tell, but I don't think we will. I really don't. For this book and for some of my other work, I've been spending some time with older women, uh, women aged mostly in their 80s and 90s, talking to them about their experiences of these great cataclysmic moments in human history. And a number of them lived through World War II, a number lived through the Great Depression. And they talk about how those events shaped them. Now, they were quite young children, but a lot of them, one woman, they talked to me about the fact that she still washes her glad wrap so she can reuse it and she irons her paper bags so that they can go again, right? These little things that we think of as it's kind of quaint and cute, yeah? That yeah. they stayed with people, that that frugality, that that worry about money, that that um uncertainty has has stayed with them. And I, I do think there are things that for better and for worse will stay with us out of this pandemic. And we know there's gonna be some things that for the worse stay with us. So let's lean into the things that will be for the better. And I hope that's 
looking after one another and feeling more interconnected with one another and maybe having a little more empathy when it comes to public policy towards those who are really doing it tough. Here's hoping. Jamila, thanks for speaking with us today. Siobhan, thank you for having me. That's Jamila Rizvi. She's a co-editor of Work, Love, Body, and you'll find links to the book in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.